Last week, we asked you what you think the biggest tourist scams in Las Vegas are. And overwhelmingly, most of you picked one thing, the fake cannabis stands on Fremont Street. So we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are these fake cannabis stores illegal? What are they even selling? And why should locals like us even care when tourists get swindled? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit down with Scott Rutledge. He's a cannabis consultant who specializes in policy. Scott actually scoped out one of these stores over the weekend as an undercover tourist, and he tells us all about it. It's Tuesday, March 28th. I'm Sonia Cho Swanson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Scott, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Good morning, Sonia. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Well, when we put out our call, you know, to our listeners and readers in the newsletter about what they thought the biggest tourist scams were, you wrote into us, actually, thank you very much, and told us that you felt like it was the fake cannabis stands on Fremont Street Experience. Tell us why. I mean, there's a couple of levels to that. Number one, I have a I have friends who've been scammed. Um, oh, no. And that was part of the reason why it, it I sent that email. And then also, because I work with the cannabis industry, uh, and we work so hard to present the industry as this well-regulated, trustworthy business, and then you see a, a business like the one on Fremont Street, and it kind of pissed me off. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, it, it's aggravating because the fact that they are allowed to exist and take advantage of tourists who a lot are coming to Southern Nevada to perhaps consume cannabis and they're getting sold fake weed. So totally. Wait, tell us about the friends. What happened? Can you tell us their stories? Yeah, it's an old friend of mine. And I, I dropped him off on East Fremont Street because I would never drop a friend off on <laughs> Fremont Street under the experience. But he he wandered over that way. And uh, mm-hmm. I had to go to a meeting or something It was this past summer. And then I, I picked him up at an agreed upon uh, spot and he showed me these pre-rolls and he had smoked one. And he said, hey, you didn't tell me there was a dispensary on Fremont Street. I'm like, there's not. He's like, but I went to one and he explained to me that it was bunk and that he didn't get high. And I said, that's because you didn't buy cannabis. You bought hemp, probably. Do you know how much those places are charging for, say, like a, a pre-roll of non actual THC cannabis? So I went down on Saturday in Mm -hmm. preparation for this discussion because I I hadn't seen it myself. I was aware of it. I've seen photos. You're talking $20 and up for a pre-roll or an infused pre-roll, loose flower. The gummies, they're charging way more, I think like $50, $60. It's more expensive actually than if you bought real cannabis at a retail store. But again, they're on Fremont Street, right? And tourists expect to pay a tourist premium for the convenience factor, except it's not real cannabis. So if it were an actual dispensary, I'm certain the prices would be a little more. But mm-hmm. yeah, the fact that the uh, the fake weed scam costs you more than real cannabis from a, a licensed retail store, that's a problem in my mind. Yeah. Well, okay. So you went into the stores. Are there any signs that say this is cannabis or do they actually describe what's actually in the pre-roll or in the gummies? Is, what's the clarification around signage? 
So, yeah, I had to ask questions. You know, I was playing tourist for the day. I Undercover tourist. I love it. Yeah, I was, I'm going to go play tourist and do some <laughs> investigating. So there is a sign marked clearly outside of the one location that says no cannabis sales allowed here. So hmm. if that weren't clear enough, and presumably that for the shop owner is sort of their way of saying they know it's not real because it says it. But when you talk to anybody that works in the store and ask them questions, they'll tell you, no, it has THC. And then you ask a little further. Well, yeah, it has up to 0.3% because that is what is allowed to be present in any hemp products. These would be the farm bill that was passed by Congress four or five years ago now allowed for there to be a, a small traceable amount of THC Delta 9 in hemp, but it's not going to get you high. In fact, most of that CBD product is turned into topicals or, or other things. And two of the people I talked to that worked in two of the stores said, well, it'll give you a body high. And I said, well, it'll give you a psychoactive high. Well, you'd have to smoke a whole lot. <laughs> and then I said, is this actually marijuana or does it come from hemp? And they said, oh, it comes from hemp, but it has THC. And so it is a partial truth, right? Yeah. Let me jump in here for a second, because I'm not sure that all of our listeners understand what all these different compounds are and the difference between, say, marijuana and hemp. So when you're talking about this, quote unquote, fake cannabis, it's not like they're shredding up brown paper grocery bags and giving you something that's not even related to the marijuana plant. What are they selling and how is it different from actual psychoactive cannabis? No, that's a great question. You have to forgive me after you've worked with the industry for so long and I've been sure. an advocate for, for longer. You forget that people aren't as familiar. So, you know, you have two main types of cannabis. You have hemp and you have what we've traditionally called marijuana, right? Mm -hmm. And hemp is something that is produced primarily for things like fiber. And, you know, there's a lot of really amazing uses for hemp. Um, and it's been around for millennia. So hemp, because it is related to the cannabis that we all think of sort of colloquially as weed or marijuana, it does have a small percentage of THC. It can actually have a larger percentage depending on what type of hemp plants you're growing. Um, but the ones that are allowed to grow under uh, the federal government's uh, guidance is only allowed to have 0.3 percent. So mm -hmm. and this is hemp that's grown for like industrial purposes, like correct. for rope or fabric or something. But in right? fact, a lot of hemp is now being grown to produce CBD from the flower that is that is produced. I mean, in the last 10 years and really last three to five, we've seen an explosion of CBD products in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And hemp flour looks just like cannabis flour. So gotcha. when you go to buy it and they, they do sell it as loose flour, it looks just like what you would have bought at a retail store. The difference is just that it doesn't have the same level of THC. THC is the, uh, the molecule, right? That causes the psychoactive effect. Mm -hmm. um, so gives you the high. high. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of confusion, right? For a novice yeah. consumer and if somebody is advertising that they're selling cannabis and that it has THC in it, likely you're going to fall for that if you don't have either one clear signage, you know, both outside and inside the store that's required that says this is not mm -hmm. cannabis, you know, 
with a psychoactive effect or something. But when you're relying on people that work in these stores mm-hmm. to, to provide you good information, that's that's where things become problematic. Totally. Now, are the products they're buying going to give them any kind of benefit at all? Or is it just complete snake oil or is there anything to this CBD stuff that they're buying? You know, it, it would depend on the percentage of CBD that's in the product and probably how they consume it. Uh, but again, because it's not regulated the way that we regulate marijuana or, or cannabis products through uh, regulated cannabis licensing, mm-hmm. it's hard to say that you're even getting any benefit. I did ask them where they got most of their product. Uh, one of the salespersons said that they brought it in from Oregon um, mm-hmm. and that it is tested. I didn't ask to see any sort of, you know, testing results. I, I didn't want to give away my cover, if you will. Sure. You know, there's nothing that would restrict them from selling you a product that might have, you know, pesticides or heavy metals or other things. I mean, the remarkable thing about cannabis plants, especially hemp, is that it can be used to remediate things because it pulls up anything in the soil. So wow. there can be a lot of nasty things in mm-hmm. the plant um, if it's not tested and, of course, not grown properly. Mm-hmm. So we know that the THC marijuana plants are pretty heavily regulated in states like Nevada where it's legal. What about CBD? I mean, do we have any regulations for CBD at all? You can sell CBD pretty much in any corner store in Nevada because it's federally legal. Right. I, I feel like I see the CBD shots at the gas station, right? Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, CBD falls under the same sort of loose, unregulated uh, marketplace as supplements, right? So you can't make certain claims, but you can, you know, at least on the packaging, but what is said to you by a salesperson, right, is another story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's unregulated and it's everywhere. So just to take a step back here for a second, when we're looking at the storefronts of these, quote unquote, fake cannabis stores, can you describe what you're seeing and, and what a reasonable tourist might think just from what they're seeing at these stores? So, you know, they generally advertise with a green cross or a large cannabis leaf. Both of those are indicators that I'm going to go buy cannabis. And then they display it the same way you would see it displayed in a, in a retail store that sells actual cannabis products. The glass case, they've got the loose hemp flower in the little containers that are see-through so you can apparently look at it and, and see for yourself. The right. We saw, are- we saw a video of that and I, and I was like, are those actual bud? Like it looks mm-hmm. like they have bud in jars. They do. And, it's, and it is because both hemp and, and cannabis, right, they flower. So they sell the gotcha. whole flower that's trimmed and it looks just like regular cannabis. And then on top of that, you know, the gummies and whatnot, they have the the THC sticker on it because it does have a trace amount of THC. So Mm -hmm. again, that's almost more like the supplement industry saying this is a thing and then you look at it and go, oh yeah, it might have it in there, but it's such a small amount or it's not bioavailable. And so they're they're not lying about it Mm -hmm. completely. They're just not sharing the whole story. What was really disappointing was to see some of the more in-depth conversations that I could tell were taking place between these salespersons and individuals. Um, And then really disheartening that 
they might walk out of there having spent a couple of hundred dollars, right? Uh-huh. If it were a novelty and you were spending $5, that's one thing. But when they're uh-huh. charging the prices they're charging, it, it feels really dishonest. Well, let me ask you this, because misleading marketing is certainly disappointing, but it's not always illegal. Like I think about like sugary sports drinks, right? And they're like marketing themselves as healthy beverages for the active fit athlete. And you see these athletes in the commercials like drenched in sweat, guzzling like a sugary drink. And it's like health food. And then you look at the label and it's like 100 grams of sugar per bottle. I mean, that's misleading marketing, but it's not actually illegal. Are these cannabis stands doing anything actually illegal? I'm not an attorney, and I couldn't tell you if, if anything that's happening in those businesses is illegal, but I can tell you that it doesn't feel right. Um, Why not? Because, one, if Nevada is going to continue to promote itself, and specifically the city of Las Vegas as being a cannabis destination, not only with the retail stores, but with the opening of lounges coming soon, right? Mm-hmm. It, if we give tourists an experience that is not what we said it was going to be, Right. And and it's because the city has to, you know, they provide the business license for this business. So we're basically saying it's okay for them to be there and we're okay with what they're doing. Hmm. Um, So they have a business license. So somebody actually reviewed their paperwork and said, okay, you can go operate on the Fremont Street experience. Absolutely. And by and by all rights, they were correct in doing so. Again, they're not selling something that requires a privileged license. So they don't have to have any special land use approvals. You know, if the landlord will accept their rent and the city will license them for selling CBD and hemp products, then that's as far as it goes. They're not advertising it in a way where they're saying they are a cannabis dispensary, but by all appearance, right, you would think it was. And for the novice consumer, it would be very confusing. But look, when when they have a real estate play that puts them right in the center of a tourist location that allows them to sell a product that does not do what people think it's going to do. And then maybe it, it's a bad look for our industry because they think, well, I went to one of your dispensaries and I didn't buy something that was uh, was any good. Right. Okay. So last question then, what do we do about it? I mean, whose responsibility is it to regulate these storefronts? Do we need to start thinking about regulating CBD? What's the next step here? It's tough because I don't think we should overregulate things. And I'm not I'm not so sure that there's any course legally to, to close down those businesses. I think what will probably change it quite honestly is when lounges are open and as we look to continue to update and improve the rules for our, our, our legal cannabis businesses, to mm-hmm. allow them to provide product either, again, maybe in the future it's delivery to a hotel room or, sure. or some something. But the only way you really, I think, eradicate those types of businesses is, is to change consumer behavior. And mm-hmm. our legal cannabis industry is really hamstrung at times in order to do that because, because of the number of rules, you know? Yeah. And, and in any other marketplace, you might be able to say, well, we're gonna, we're gonna change the way we do some things But in this case, we don't always have all of those opportunities. Can I just make a proposal, Scott? I think we need a carrot top PSA at the airport as you go through security. (laughs) (laughs) I think a PSA 
at the TSA check would be great if we could get the airport to ever mention the word cannabis besides a sign <laughs> that says you cannot, you know, have that here. There are efforts underway this legislative session and with some local jurisdictions to do a better job of educating the public, both our locals and tourists, about cannabis and the illicit market. I'm not so sure this is going to include the guys selling fake weed on Fremont Street, but I will also chalk it up to if if you want to spend your money on something without knowing what it is, that's on you. And I do think that those businesses will ultimately close their doors at some point because consumers will realize that it's not real. So maybe maybe enough Yelp reviews and Instagram stories sure. and things like that will will inform the public that that's not what they think it is. Right. Well, Scott, thank you so much. This was really enlightening. Um, I hope that our listeners gain something from this. Maybe some tourists who are listening are, are going to learn something from this. And Carrot Top, if you're listening, do the PSA for the people. <laughs> do it for the people. Right. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you, Sonia. Before you go, here's a microdose of news. Work begins next week on the street upgrades for November's big F1 race. But so far, no one's saying how much of a tab local taxpayers will pick up. It could be up to $37 million, give or take which, you know, the usual motivational economists tell us, is a small investment for years' worth of alleged billion-dollar events. Meanwhile, a bill to create a Nevada lottery is said to be picking up steam in Carson City. But don't get too excited, lotto stands. Even in the best-case scenario, we won't see Silver State scratch-off cards until 2027 or 2028. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Special shout-outs to Scott Robin, Danny Baranowski, our very own David Figler, and all the folks on social media who pointed us to the Fremont fake cannabis story. Did you learn something new from this episode? Or was it just a lot of fun? Then send it to a friend. If you love the show, help us grow. Then rate the show. Leave us a review. Say something nice if you don't mind. And subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. The fact that we've imprisoned people unjustly, right? And, and there are all these other nuances and aspects to why did we choose to legalize marijuana, legalize cannabis, and to allow businesses like that to take advantage of tourists who are looking for an opportunity because maybe they can't purchase legal cannabis in their home state for their mm -hmm. experience to be that they got taken. That's why for me, it bothers me.